As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate. Cradio. This is Catholics Read on cradio.org.au. Hello and welcome to this episode of Catholics Read. I'm Luke. And I'm Kiara. And this, I don't know if you can hear that in like the recording, but there's like a buzzing and that's Victoria. Um, but she she can't she can't be on because she's actually heading to work right now, which is really weird because it's like the end of the day here. The sun's probably setting right now in Hobart at 4.30 in the afternoon because it's the shortest day of the year today, I think. Um, yes. Yes. Yes, it is the winter solstice. Yes. Uh, far out. All right. Um, if you know anything about Hobart right now, you'll know why I just said far out. Um, we. Um, oh, you've got you've got mm, your thing I want mm. tonight, don't you? That special thing you guys do. Oh, I don't. The special thing we do. Um, um, no, 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 no. There's. Um, oh, that. That's, let's that's put it put it this way. I'm in Hobart. Babylon right now, um, and yeah. <laughs> Cool. The less said about it, the better. Uh, the more prayed about it, the better. So, all you listeners, pray that that things can be better here in Hobart. But otherwise, it's a very lovely place. Um, so, uh, yeah. It's just full of pains. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like a lot of places, really, uh, in our <laughs> postmodern world. Um, new evangelization coming right in there. Okay. So, uh, that's actually what, an excellent segue into the yeah, book that we're doing. It's like this this, this time. That, that's great. You, you you take that segue right there, Kiara. Yeah, I will take that segue right there. So the book I've picked is uh, something that I picked up last year for my birthday, and um, it's uh, Mary Beard, who is a renowned Roman uh, historian from England, absolutely fabulous, highly qualified, highly competent, uh, Roman historian. And she has written a book called SPQR, which is a popular his. Uh, it's more than a popular history. It's a nonfiction book, but it's a history of the Roman empire. Um, up until from like ancient, ancient days, right up until, uh, what does she say? 200 and something BCE. I will check. Don't you start with this BCE rubbish, Kiara. I know you might be a historian, but don't you start. Oh, uh, well, what if, you know what? I like, the, you know what? I, I, I have an argument for that, but we won't get into okay, that. I have okay, an argument we'll do. that it's actually not a bad idea. Okay, let's uh, Why it's not actually a terrible idea. Um, so it basically goes up until the Emperor Caracalla in the third century, in the third century, uh, third century BCE made like, every citizen in the Roman Empire, every person in the Roman Empire, a citizen. Um, and so the... Hang on. So this is... Hang on. So just for for me and for yeah. for the universe, BCE is before... Oh, sorry. No, I meant... Oh, I just made a boo-boo. Okay. So it it's, goes from ancient times, which is yeah. the 7th century BCE, all the way up to about two, uh, the early 200s. Right, uh, CE, or AD in the AD. in the proper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop yeah. it. All right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so, Emperor Caracalla. Yes, made every single person living within the territory of the Roman Empire a citizen, um, which is a huge number of people. Um, That's nifty. actually, which is yeah, 
quite a radical thing in the ancient world anyway, but it was about a sort of 200 years before the Western Roman Empire was actually, actually fell. Um, so there's a whole chunk of history that Mary Beard doesn't go into, and she mm. explains why, and she makes a very good argument for that. Um, the reason why I really, really enjoyed this book is, first of all, Mary Beard's a fantastic writer. Like, it's very rare to come across someone as consummate as an academic as she is that can translate all that work into a really entertaining read. And um, the way she does that is she basically starts with Cicero. And um, the problem, because uh, as anyone who's done any history work in the Roman Empire, sources are really limited for anything beyond 100 BCE. So the century before Jesus was born, we've got a lot of stuff about the Roman Empire in terms of writing and material and archaeological material and all that sort of stuff. But any time before that, we really don't know. We only have the history that's given to us by the people writing in that time period. Mm. So, so it probably doesn't involve a she-wolf and brothers. We can safely assume not, that. Well, yeah, we can safely assume that that part is probably a major, a, a legend at best. <laughs> a legend with some grain of truth, perhaps. But uh, yeah, like, and even the Romans themselves, like, this is something that Mary Beard pointed out, that something that I hadn't really, like, contemplated to, uh, contemplated to is that a lot of the Romans who were writing at the time, they were just as sceptical of their foundation myths as we are of them, you know, as we would be of them today. I think we discussed this a little bit in the... Um Oh, when we did uh, Narcissus and and Echo or something like that. I think we talked about that a little bit back then. But, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, because, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, yes, ancient people believed in gods, uh, you know, multiple gods, and they were like this. And, you know, they very, they were very, you know, Romans were a very religious people. They were very pious people. They kept to their religious feasts and calendars or so help your gods, something terrible would happen. And, um they were, you know, but that doesn't mean they were stupid. Mm, mm. <laughs> you know, like as incredulous as it sounds to us, it, it, you know, just because, you know, just because they had all this, they had this like totally different theological and philosophical frame of reference that's completely different to ours. Doesn't mean they doesn't mean they didn't have a healthy skepticism or deep cr- critique or questioning mm. of what, you know, who they were and where they come where they come mm. from. So there's two themes. Um, so leading into that, there's two themes that come up in the book, and um, Mary Beard does this beautiful, like does this absolutely beautifully. She links in what the Romans were grappling with, issues that the Romans were grappling with of who they were, and what that what it meant to be Roman, and really relates it to like the contemporary anxieties that we have around, you know, what is it? What does it mean to be? What is Western civilization? What does it mean to be a part of the West? What is it? You know. Uh, the good things, the bad things, the complexities of that, the, you know, all like all really, really, you know, you know, the domination and the glories of the uh, art and achievement and engineering and whatnot, Um, all sitting, you know, with the brutality sitting, you know, right side by side, the Romans are not a nice people. Mm. They're very clever people. They are a ferociously productive people, but they're not nice people, <laughs> you know, and um, they grew up in a very, and they, they lived in a time that was very, very cruel and, you know, ab- you know, very, very cruel and unforgiving. And um, that is, there's just, she brings that, that, that theme just comes out again and again and again and again and what it means to be, you know, uh, Romans trying to figure out what it is to be Roman. Does it mean you live in the city? 
or can you become Roman by adopting Roman ideals? And if so, what ideals are there? And, you know, that citizenship being passed down and all sorts of all these complicated legal and social issues that came from the expansion of citizenship um, is not unlike what I think we're experiencing now. And just it's really worth reading it for that reason mm. to try and get some a handle on actually you get a handle on some of the ang- cultural anxieties we have now. Mm. You know, what does it mean to be part of the identity as Western? Mm. You know, what does that mean? Can you become Western because you adopt certain ideals? If so, what are those ideals? Um, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it, you know, can the brutality be justified by the good things that have come out of it? Can the, um, you know, all that, so all those sorts of questions, they're not new questions. Mm. And that's, like, and she brings that home really, really beautifully. Highly worth reading on that regard. Um, highly, highly worth reading just for, and, you know, totally leaves alone, like for the most part leaves alone sort of the Christian history that comes into it in the later part of the Roman, of the Roman Empire um, and gets around that quite well by focusing, by ending um, ending her book where she, do, where she does. There's plenty of other historians who take that era late, and they call that late, late antiquity. And go, and you know, there's dozens of other authors that take that and like go do that, do that to death. Saint Augustine is a great start for that, actually, um, as a man of late antiquity himself. But I, I love this book. I've read it twice already, mm. man. Wow. I don't know. If that's an, and it's, this is a nonfiction book, by the way, guys. Um, and it's not just for history dorks like me. <laughs> um, it's not just for history dorks and larpers. Like she's just got this fantastic way of writing and oh damn it did i mark the page no i didn't because i'm a moron um and yeah just goes through the written evidence like layers through the written evidence and the archaeological evidence and all this sort of stuff and it's beautiful actually no i know where it is this is a turn of phrase of mary beard that i wanted to share with you she's got this in the middle of the book she's got these plates of colour pictures, as you do. So this one in particular. Oh, man, that's old Luke school. This, but yeah. you guys can't. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The power totally of the school, internet, right? but not like Australian. that much power of the internet happening right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the picture is of a uh, battering ram from a warship from the first pu- from the Punic War, the first Punic War. So that is like way, way, way back, about 500 BCE, and um, that is. And so, and so, these are being pulled up to that, like to this day, from the bottom of the Mediterranean, really well preserved, and you know, learning a lot of stuff about them. And so, the caption on this picture is what really like made me giggle. Um, so it starts off: uh, "Remnants of the First Punic War raised from the bottom of the sea off Sicily. Here is one of the rams of the warships. Several of these have writing stamped into the bronze. On the Roman rams, we can read traces of officialdom." Lucius Quintius, son of Gaius, the K-Store, approved this ram. On the one... Hang on, it gets better. On the one surviving inscribed Carthaginian ram, we read, we pray to Baal that this ram will go into the enemy ship and make a big hole. (laughs) (laughs) And this is her... this is a good, this is a great, actually, the next episode we have to do has to be the Lord of the Rings now, uh, because this yeah, is like a yeah, great yeah, lead yeah. into that. Yeah. So this is, a, but this is where I love Mary Beard. This is her, this is her comment on the whole affair. This is a clear contrast in national style. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just this beautiful, 
laconic British understatement that pervades this whole book. And um, just, like, it's, it's one of my favourite. I, I read that book and I laughed out loud for about five minutes. <laughs> and everyone's like, what are you even laughing at? And I showed them and they're like, that's that's actually not that funny, Kiara. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm a dork, whatever. Well, I found but, it pretty you know, funny, so don't on. worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, seriously, like, the, the, the Carthaginians, like, yes, we pray to the god Baal that this ram will go into the other guy's ship and make a big hole. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's what I hope a battering ram would do. <laughs> that's the intention of it. It's like the perfect match of the telos, of its telos. Yeah, well, that's that's the idea, but it's just very, um, yeah. it's very orc-like, I guess. Oh, careful! The Carthaginians weren't that bad. They were rather sophisticated, and they were and they were human, obviously. Like you know, mm-hmm. um, I have two questions for you. Yes, go. The first one is: What does SPQR stand for? Ah, right. So that stands for the actual. That's it's an abbreviation or an acronym of the. Um, Roman government. Okay. So it stands for Senatus Populesque Romanus, which is the set. Uh, Where'd the Q come in? The Q Populesque. P-O-P. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Q. No, no, the Q U S E comes in in the Latin. So the P Q is the people, um, the Senate and the people of Rome. Ah, okay. Basically, so it's like it's basically like the equivalent of saying Australia, or you know, or Australia, yeah, as we like to abbreviate it to, because yeah. Yeah, or it's like saying the the USA, yeah. for example. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's obviously Latin, and the Q is just makes it look better than SPR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Q the Q does really make it. It's like it's a little bit more yeah. ancient with the Q in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And th- that thing is inscribed like all over ancient yeah. Rome. If you yeah. go looking for it, you can find it all over buildings, all over bits and pieces. Uh, I think like the Council of Rome still has it like on there. I mean, obviously not yeah. still in the sense that it was always there as though there was an administrative council of Rome or something forever. Um, but yeah, they, 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 they're bringing it back, you know. Yeah, yeah. Second question. Mm. Is um, that you mentioned like about you know learning uh, learning things about how it can apply it today? And when you were talking about like what does it mean to be Roman that kind of thing, it did remind me. Obviously, we have these discussions here in Australia, but um, they're probably not as pronounced as say in Britain, where you have this phrase "British values" that was I don't know if they're still using it, but like it was doing the rounds a couple of months or a year or so back back. Uh, with regards to, you know, specifically for us Catholics, it was a bit of a problem because it was like Catholic schools are not um, aligning with British values, etc. Um, and this can be applied to to a number of other things as well. And it just became this kind of like amorphous term that it's like, what on earth does that mean? And like, how can you align contemporary British values with like British values even 50 years ago? Um what, what does this book sort of say anything about? I mean, not necessarily on that issue, but like, I guess, this general issue that we have in the Western world today of who on earth are we? And that look, Mary Beard doesn't address that specifically. Like, mm. she hasn't got a mm. chapter in there entitled, you know, what does this mean yeah. for us today? Like, she's way more subtle than that, way much better, much better writer than that. She's also not writing a politics book, she's writing a mm. history book. But she doesn't shy away from making – She does. I mean, she's also a product of her time. 
And I would not be surprised that if you asked her, she would actually say, yes, I'm aware of the present cultural anxieties and I see them because I, you know, I'm there, I'm a part of Mm, it as a historian. mm. I also see them in the past as well. And this is why I wrote, you know, and and that's possibly one of the reasons why she wrote the book is to kind of give people a roadmap or not give people a roadmap, but give people some comfort in knowing that this is not the first time whole societies mm. have grappled with the you know that go that just expand and expand and expand the set of ideals about you know what is roman um and all the itinerant uh philosophy legal systems you know the empire which is very brutal mm. and violent and you know uh, all that so all the, the culture you know the culture de- cultural development and all that sort of stuff all of that wraps up and expands to the point where you can be living in parthia all the way near Iran and still be mm. a Roman citizen kind of thing. And you might have never seen the city yeah. of Rome. Like, you look at our world now, which is increasingly globalised, but still has these kind of civilizational. I'm going to put that in inverted mm. commas because it's a really contested idea, like fault lines along, you know, the West versus, like, Chinese, you know, Chinese, uh, Chinese or Asian culture, mm. you know, Asian culture versus... I don't know, Russian culture, if you want to go there, Russian Orthodox world or, you know, mm. what, you, know, you can draw lines every which way you like. And, um, you know, those, that I think, and, you know, so she is tapping into those anxieties, but without answering the question because she doesn't want yeah. to answer the yeah. question. We've got to figure that out for ourselves kind of thing because our answer will be different to what the Romans did. And the Romans did eventually, like, expand to the point where they just mm. collapsed, as all empires do, as the British Empire did, as the... And um, to be honest, she may have had the British Empire much more in her mind than, say, an Australian reader Mm. would have reading it now because I grew up in a time where I have no memory of ever having any kind of tenuous link to the British Empire apart from the occasional Commonwealth Games where we win everything. (laughs) Um, Or or the Queen's head being (laughs) on the back of our coins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, once again, a particularly Roman-sounding thing, isn't it? Uh, the Romans made put well actually no it's Alexander the Great made putting your face on a coin an art form of propaganda but you know the Romans certainly did it to like endless degree like there's it's one of the it's actually one of the ways we can so accurately date mm. the Roman Empire because we've got coins and we can tell who minted what yeah. when down to the year almost to the mm. month like that's incre- like that's an incredible source of like you know just in terms of the logistics of doing that we can't even do that for pottery, yeah. but we can do it for coins and we can tell exactly how many were minted you know how many were minted on one like die cutter which is what they use yep. to kind of yep. stamp the coins because the more you use it the blunter yeah. it gets and so you get some coins that are really crisp and some that are really not and then you know so we've got all this information that we can get from coins and they're just everywhere yeah. and they and they last forever. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's just one of the little, like she draws on coins like quite a lot actually to provide and illustrate information about how the Romans did things and how they did their politics and how they did their, and how they did their economics, because we don't know much about Roman economics really. Mm. Um, the records don't exist. Economics as a discipline that we know it today didn't Mm. exist at all. That didn't exist until about 200 years ago. And, um, you know, the actual administrative affairs of running such a huge empire, we actually have very little mm. detail about. Mm. Very, very little detail about. Um, so we just have to guess. We have to look at look at the archaeology archaeological evidence and make best mm. guesses. 
Um, and she does that beautifully. Like she really tells you when we're pretty sure we know this is, we know this for certain. We're pretty sure this is for certain versus this is the evidence and this is what we infer from it, but we could dig up something tomorrow yep. that'll totally yep. change that. Yeah. Which is, you don't often get in pop yep. history books as well. No, that's really, don't yeah, often that, get that that's sort of that books. integrity there. And to, to understand that, that history, you've sort of got to be humble. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a great quote. I mean, especially with ancient history, like the further back you go, the the further back you go, the harder it gets to know anything mm. for certain. Like really, really difficult to know anything for certain. And um, there was one phrase. There's a I, I can't remember who quoted it, but it was um, someone in the 1930s, I think, if I'm not correct. And he said, "But you have to believe in ancient mm. history." Mm. And like that essentially is that that's a that's another really strong theme that comes up in her writing as well is like that we don't know that and this is an, an attitude the Romans kind of had to their own mythological beginnings because they had two foundational mm. myths not one they had two they had Romulus and Re you know the twins Romulus and Remus abandoned on the banks of the river Tiber and nursed by a she wolf until they were raised by a childless shepherd couple um, and then. You know, they decided to found a city together and Romulus killed Remus and it was a any mm -hmm. and then the city of Rome was founded. The other foundational myth goes back to is written by Virgil, um, the famous Roman poet. We've still got it today. It's absolute masterwork of literature, and it's called the Aeneid, and it tells the story of Aeneas, who was at the battle of who was a Trojan at the Battle of mm. Troy and escaped the destruction of the city. And was, you know, blessed by the god goddess Venus to come and make his way and found a new city and a mm. new empire. And so he travels all over that much, not unlike the Odyssey, which, you know, the Romans kind of had access to. He makes his way around the Mediterranean, gets lost a few times, stops off in Carthage, and then eventually makes his way to Rome to found the city mm. of Rome. And so lots of Romans trace themselves, like to trace their lineage back to Aeneas. Some of them like to trace their lineage back to Romulus. Yep. And, you know, all, you know, there's all sorts of all sorts of political stuff to be gained by that. But there were actual arguments over which one was more likely. There you go. Like, they're both ridiculous stories, yeah. if you think about it. They're both completely... Well, they're not ridiculous stories, but they're both mythical, legendary mm. stories mm. that, you know, at one point somewhere, some way back 400 years into the past, may have had some kernel of truth and has just morphed into this story. Um, but, you know, Romans had arguments as to which ones were more accurate. And they were both used interchangeably and both held to be alongside. Like, there were plenty of attempts to try and marry them together in some way and all sorts of stuff. Like, this, you know, it's a really fascinating thing to see Mary Beard kind of pulling these out of text and highlight, you know, highlighting them, you know, in a way that you see these ancient people in a very intelligent, intellectual kind of pursuit. And you don't often see the Romans mm. doing that. You usually see them on a battlefield, murdering Celts or, you know, just kind of, you know, parading around in, you know, silly helmets and big mm, red capes mm. sort of thing. Or you see them in Monty Python's Life of Brian with, you know, lisps and in it, if ineffectually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like they tend to, <laughs> I guess, yeah, like you say, that kind of pop history vision. And I mean, unless, especially these days, unless you sort of have access to like, unless you're doing literature or philosophy or politics or something like that. Or even, like, 
or, you know, ancient yeah. history. Even, <laughs> Most like, obvious place you're going to come across the real Romans. Um, you probably you yeah. usually have kind of one of those, that kind of caricature of you. I have to mm. run about now. So, I yes. think we'll, we'll wrap yes, it up we about there. We're going to wrap, wrap it up, it up there. there. This was but, yeah, you should read this. You should read this book. Highly awesome. recommend it. We did well considering uh, I completely forgot that I'd arranged this. Um, and so, I just had to <laughs> run down. I had my cup of tea. Ran down into the studio. And um, and we did it. Thanks to the internet. We did it. And Chiara emailing me. <laughs> we got it yep. done. Yep. I was running late, so, you know, I was, like, thinking, oh, my God, I'm running late, but I don't know, they're waiting for me. And then I emailed Luke, and he's like, oh, yeah, whoops. <laughs> <Lol. laughs> awesome. All right, so I awesome. guess in the next right. episode we'll possibly do The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, but, you know, yeah. we'll see. It depends on who's available. and it'll be, so- it'll be some kind of epic. Awesome. One way or it'll another. It'll be epic. So, cool. Yeah. Join us next time on Catholics Read. You there listening to this, you, if you like this, you should rate it. I'm pointing at the microphone. Kiara can see me, but no one else can. Um, and so it's rude to point, so I'm not, I'm not going to point at the microphone. Um, they can't see me. No, it's true. It's okay. They wouldn't have known if you hadn't pointed it out. You should rate this five stars if you like it on iTunes, because then we'll have quite a few five stars, and then people will be able to see it, and it'll be great. Uh, people will be able to listen yeah, to us. Viral, yeah, man. it'll be it'll be like I don't know. I don't know if it'll be big, but whatever. You know, it's just it'll be big. It'll be nice. <laughs> we, we don't we don't actually get like <laughs> payment or anything. Like I mean, I mean, this is my work, no, but it's no, not no, like no. Kiara gets. By the way, like we take no endorsements from like publishers or anything no. to do this. We just like pick books we like and tell you. Yeah, why we I like mean, them. we're so bad. We would be, like, the world's worst, like, people for publishers to pay because we pronounce authors wrong. We, like, get all sorts of things <laughs> wrong. So, like, yeah, it'd be terrible. So, we're not getting paid off by anyone, so don't worry. Your five stars are going to a good cause. Cool. All right. So, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. That was an episode of Catholics Read from cradio.org.au. 